All right, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball, the only podcast in existence dedicated solely to Oregon State men's basketball. As always, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm here with my friend, Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I, I'm I'm hanging in there, Andy. You know, to be completely honest with you, I, I'm not particularly excited about the details of the conversation we're about to have, but I am just as excited and proud as always, to sit down with you as the only podcast in existence dedicated solely to Oregon State men's basketball. It's a badge we wear with pride in the in the good times and bad. But yeah, this was a this was a rough weekend that we're going to be getting into. This was a rough weekend. Uh, a highs and lows of lows. You know, what I'm saying like we didn't reach like a, a like they were both kind of lows in the end. But one was a high low and one was a low low. And we'll get into all of that, but first, as always, the Oregon State fight song. thought we'd go special for uh, this episode no thank you for that i appreciate i never know in advance when when uh, in the few occasions you've switched it up and so it's it's appreciated i mean i'm looking i i spent a good hour staring out the the window longingly into the rain and so a very appropriate song i think for 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 where we're at right now yeah, definitely an appropriate song. Um, okay, so Oregon State is coming off. This is going to sound familiar. Um, back-to-back losses uh, versus the L.A. schools. Uh, do we want to go in chronological order and start with USC, which was a great game. To me, the best game of the season. Yeah, let's let's talk about that one first. It's a, it's a not as unpleasant a game to discuss, certainly. Certainly not. So uh, Oregon State lost to USC 94 to 91 in double overtime, taking the number 16 team in the country wire to wire and then some, uh, albeit without Boogie Ellis, who was out with an ankle injury. So they were without their starting point guard and uh, Isaiah White, who's a big part of their team. But nonetheless, this was an amazing game. The Deshaun Davis game. There is a Deshaun Davis game. I mean, it, it very much stings, of course, that it it comes in a loss. But as you said in, in, in our group text late in that game, Deshaun is who we thought he was. He, he um, certainly has had big games prior to this one. But Thursday, he, he put together his whole highlight reel package. He even hit a three to tie it, which has been something that he hasn't done as much as we would have liked, but that was a pretty incredible performance. One of the better Beaver performances, all things considered, I think in several years, if not more than that. Yeah, certainly in recent memory, he ended the game with a career high 31 points, seven assists, three steals. He had 27 points in the second half and scored the Beavers final 19 points in regulation. That's, that's Kobe-esque. That's on, Ahmed Ali's level. I mean, what, what <laughs> truly legendary shit, really. Thank you for bringing up Ahmed Ali. That, that put a, a pep in my step. 
Right. Yeah. He had to come up on this podcast. We haven't discussed it. Maybe that's been part of the problem. You know, we're, we're searching for answers everywhere and maybe checking in on Ahmed Ali more often. is going to help. Yeah, maybe for sure. Um, I also want to point out Deshaun had a huge, 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 huge. I want to stress this huge dunk on a USC player. And then he kind of like pulled the USC player to the ground. And then I don't know, the refs went back and reviewed and they didn't, see anything that warranted any sort of flagrant or whatever. But to me, it looked like he held the player on the ground and kind of talked trash to him. Yeah, I mean, I, somebody on USC's team is standing right in the way, so it's a lot harder to tell even on any of the replays. But I kind of think he might have just been making, like, staring at him, really, like, making really, really deliberate, intense eye contact <laughs> and not allowing – I, we're not even going to say his name because he's he's not going to ever be the same after something like that. I mean, I don't want to pile on, but that was a life ender. That was that was more than just a poster. Yeah, that was crazy. He did, I do want to stress, it did really look like whatever he did, he held the player on the ground because they kind of got tangled up on the ground and it looked like he was just holding him there, doing whatever. Right. I, I don't know that... I, I truly doubt that kid said anything to Deshaun at any point in their lives before that moment, but he really treated him like he did, kind of. And you have to respect it and love it. Wrong place, wrong time. Um, and then other Beavers who stood out, Jared Lucas, he was huge in the first half. He had 10 points. He ended up the game uh, with 18, going five for six from three. But in the first half, 10 points, three for four on threes. That was huge, keeping the Beavers in striking distance because they – USC went on like an 11-0 run with not at the very end of the half, but towards the end of the first half, that kind of pushed it out. And then Lucas hit a couple of big shots. Deshaun had a steal and a dunk at the end that got it to 40-33, to and that was crucial to keeping it close so they could go in the striking range at the end of the game with Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, and then the, some of the best basketball they played was right at the beginning of the second half, which has been obviously a reversal of the norm lately, too. Yeah, they came out fired up. Just, I don't know. They played so well. Uh, this was the best. This was kind of what you saw Oregon State, how their offense could look when it's all clicking. Although it was the difference in this game, what it really came down to was free throws. The uh, Trojans went 21 for 25. Beavers went 12 for 22. They had a 50-50-50 a, a game, the Beavers did, where they shot 53% from the field, 50% from three, and then 54% from the line. It there, there is a lot to be proud of Thursday. It was a thrill to see Deshaun play so well personally, but just as a team, the emotion was there. They were playing hard. They did so many things great, and with being down to either eight or seven scholarship players, they're, you know, they deserve. We our hats are off to you. But it does make me fucking sick that if they had just shot sixty percent free throws in regulate they would have won that game in regulation they missed a couple more in the first overtime i mean like in a game where they do everything else it it will forever make me sick that that's the biggest reason is something that they've been okay at i think they're ninth in the conference and on the other side usc never makes their free throws and at one point they were like 21 to 23 or something like that yeah, I think they were the worst shooting free throw team in the Pac-12 going into that game. I don't know if this game changed their percentage enough to jump another team. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I've seen Isaiah Mobley play a lot, and he's always been good for misses at the line. His shot looks inconsistent, but every single dude, they weren't even hitting rim. 
It was like they were at practice and perhaps the atmosphere inside legendary Gill contributed to their comfort level, even in a close game like that. Yeah, it was not very crowded. Another thing that really kind of hurt the soul was that Drew Peterson, one of our least favorite players in the Pac-12, led USC with 23 points and 10 rebounds. And it just – it hurts to see Drew Peterson go off. Yeah, it, it's uh... – it's just a reminder that we live in an unfair world with a lot of evil whenever he plays well. He just kind of represents all of that. He, You talk about a punchable face. I don't know that it gets more punchable than Drew Peterson. Yeah, if you don't know who Drew Peterson is, if you missed the game or just kind of listened to us to get the catch up, he's a the tall, sickly white kid on USC. He looks like a Yale student who got like stretched out a foot. Yeah, he there's like a gum. He's like a douchey Gumby. If Gumby <laughs> were a Cali douchebag with a smug look on his face, your face doesn't get that way unless you are incredibly smug. <laughs> it does seem to be frozen in a certain face, right? And he can't like he. They, his mom said it'll get stuck that way, and he didn't believe her. <laughs> now that's what he has to look like. Yeah, yeah. So it's tough to see him go off because. <clears throat> he's just, he's a gunner. And in his mind, he's surprised that Evan Mobley was the number three overall pick and that he was not. And I, I did like him last year because it was fun to see him not pass to a future NBA superstar and just jack shots up as a graduate transfer from Rice. But the act has grown thin with me and it was, I'm over it now at this point. This was the last straw. Yeah, I mean, and they really did need him to have that big of a game because they obviously missed Boogie Ellis, but I thought they missed Isaiah White, too. Like, without him, they didn't have much of an answer for Deshaun, and he is a good defender. And even yeah. Lucas, I mean, ran around free for a lot, lot, like, deeper into the game than he typically does. Yeah, definitely. They certainly miss Boogie Ellis. He's a... Uh... He's a real impact player. I mean, you see what happened to Memphis after he left. You see what he does for USC. You see what they're like when he's there and then when he's not. He's he's very good. Yeah, he's he's make, making he's probably going to be first team all conference. And it, my love for him only grew. I mean, the we'll give let's give a quick tip of the cap to jump. We'll jump to Saturday real quick and say the way that USC acted after they beat Oregon last. Oh yeah. That just, that was going to be a shout-out for me, was uh, USC, if you didn't catch it, it was really warm the heart to see them taunt Oregon fans after they won a very, very close game. Oregon missed a shot at the buzzer, and then USC just waved to the crowd, threw kisses to the crowd, threw money signs to the crowd, anything you could do to a crowd. Their coaches had to stop them from continuing to dance on the big O in the center. And anytime the coaches are getting involved, you're like, okay, people, you're, they're starting to upset some people. <laughs> so yeah, that was very funny. So yeah, the USC team they're uh, they've grown on me. I'm, I'm fine with them this year. I, I wish them nothing but best in the NCAA tournament. I kind of bought in completely. Cause I have never seen like a, I don't know if it was a student manager or what, but someone with a camera that was a part of USC's group. So it's for like the end of season video turn to the crowd like the opposing fans and egg them on to say <laughs> that's that's really like with a big piece of expensive equipment that is ballsy so props to usc all, all things aside all things aside very true um okay anything else you want to talk about from the usc osu game this was this was a great game for Oregon State. Um they lose in double overtime but it's just like that was they all played well they shot they shot the ball well, like you said. The intensity is there. The focus is there. Um, 
the next game, not so much. Do we want to get into it now or anything else you want to say? That we'll remember that as the Deshaun game. Um, you, one of the more painful losses in a while. I mean, as proud of the way as I was of the way they played in the game Thursday, it, it, that'll always bother me quite a bit that they couldn't put that, you know, finish that one. It would have been a really nice feather in the cap for this season. I'm sorry. Like I'm trying not to be strictly just morose about it, but yeah. So, okay, we can move on. Let's, let's talk about what happened yesterday. All right. So Oregon state on Saturday lost to UCLA 94 to 55. Um, you, this is the tweet from Nick Daschle, the Oregonian beat writer um, for the Beavs. He said, I'll just read the tweet. Final from Gill, UCLA 94, Oregon State 55. Low point? Question mark? Yes. That's, a, that's about as close as Nick will ever come to making a joke. No, Nick does not find this what is happening to be very humorous. And so... That's that's about as lighthearted as it, as it's gonna get. Proposing a question that he answers himself, and I don't think anybody could really disagree with him either. No, there. This was a tough game to swallow. I I think uh, a couple of positives from it. I went down to the game. You uh, had a scheduling conflict, but uh, a couple of things that I noticed just being there. I want to say that this had all the hallmarks of a good. Oregon State home game, and it was senior night, so, you know, they were pulling out all the stops, but, you know, at Oregon State basketball, it's kind of like a, uh, it's got small town vibes, it's got, like, little kid in the big city, oh, we're trying to do it, you know, and this game had a lot of that going on, a lot of what I think of when I think of Oregon State basketball, but uh, if you were there, you saw a little kid, she was probably, like, six or seven, sang the national anthem, and uh, she put a lot of Christina Aguilera kind of like flair into it. Like she did a lot of bravado <laughs> and it was, it wasn't very good, but the crowd was all kind of laughing like good naturedly. The uh, UCLA team was cracking up and then like a good natured vibe, you know, and it, it had that all like kind of like a, a small community event, which was cool. Um, the halftime show was the ballroom dance team, which was just two students doing ballroom dance around the court. <laughs> so the team consists of just two, two participants. I don't know. I don't know if there's more, but that was that was who they they chose to represent them. And then one thing that I just thought this was the most Oregon State thing I've seen in a long time. But one of the it was senior night for the cheerleaders as well, you know. So they came on, or I shouldn't say cheerleaders, people on the dance team. And one of the dance team um, girls was graduating with a double degree in math and computer science, and planned to go on and work in AI. <laughs> Interesting. So I was like, to me, that's Oregon State in a nutshell. I'm like, yeah, it's like engineers trying to do sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The engineers trying to do sports should be on a crest somewhere <laughs> on campus. So those were the highlights from going to it in person. I don't know. What do you see from the we'll, – we'll compare uh, your TV viewing to my in-person viewing. What, what popped out to you? Yes, and I do appreciate you adding some positive for those of us that were unable to be there, and that was – very unfortunate. I will be there tomorrow. I may be making a solo trip um, to that game, but it, and I'm I am more curious your observations from the game because you were of course there and by the bench. But what what I'll say is that 
even in this year, as bad as it's been, as frustrating as it's been, there have been heartbreaking, you know, one score losses. There have been some ugly blowouts. This was the first game that felt all too familiar, like some of the games from the J. John, even Kevin slash Kevin Mouton era. <laughs> some of the games from, you know, that would always be very late in the season, even in some of Craig Robinson's years where it it devolved into awfulness. And it didn't feel that way in the first half to me. I know they were down 15 at halftime, but they started the game on a modest little run, and it looked similar to the way the USC game started. Deshaun looked like he might be off to another big day. Lucas hit a couple of his shots early, and they made it maybe, in my memory, four minutes or so into the second half before it got truly embarrassing. Yeah, I think things things devolved in the second half, definitely sitting up close. Um, I, I, one thing I want to point out, too, that I think is a, a big factor in all this that I know we kind of talk about a lot, and I don't want to make an excuse, but it is a huge factor, is the depth. And you really notice it when you sit, like, right behind the bench, like right where I was. But there's, like, there's three people on the bench for the UCLA game. You know, and Worth is – in USC, we should say Worth came back um, – after missing his first ever career game. And he had a pretty good game against USC. He had seven points, three rebounds, three assists, three blocks, four steals. You know, he was doing a little bit of everything, but he didn't start against UCLA. And when you sit behind the bench, you see him, and he's got these huge, like, knee brace uh, type compression packs that you, like, put on, you know, and they make it cold or hot or whatever it is necessary for your body. You see Akana with, like, the same thing, but for his hip. So it's just, like, it's three guys. It's three players on the bench. They're all like strapped up to heat pads or ice pads. They just look injured. When Deshaun Davis comes off uh, the game, he's got a massage gun. He's massaging his legs the entire time. It's just like, I don't know. They're just down so much. And then you look across at a UCLA team that just has so many more players, so many more athletes. It just seems endless for them. And I think the frustration just mounts and mounts. And then you get to the second half and it just kind of spills over. And I don't know. Should we? What, what should we talk about, like the coach-player interactions? What, were you seeing anything on TV? Yeah, I mean, and it, it, these aren't things we want to talk about, but other people are. I mean, if you follow this team, I don't know why else you would listen to this if you don't, then you probably saw what was being said by Jesse So and Nick Daschle. And I'll pull you know, the – I can't remember the third tweet. I'll look his name up in a second because I want to give him credit for catching that interaction – but yeah, it, I mean, even from home, it's like, it doesn't take a body language expert or someone being physically there to tell that there's a, there's a lot of anger. There's a little bit of feeling sorry for themselves type of vibe going on. And I can't, I'm not saying that to attack anybody. I, I get it. Yeah, no, there's definitely frustration going over. I saw it a lot uh, on the sideline, you know, players and coaches trying to console each other, I guess, but not finding common ground, to put it politely. Um, saw it a lot, honestly, with uh, Deshaun Davis. Saw it a lot with um, Jared Lucas, especially those kind of the top guys. But yeah, just and those and to be fair, you know, those are the <clears throat> leading scores on the team. Those are the guys who are kind of having to like take on the world. So I'm sure they're frustrated too, because this is not what they signed up for. But it's really not what anyone signed up for at this point. Exactly. I mean, I think they all have 
rights to be it's it but it, it doesn't make it any less disappointing and it was andrew g haubner or however i i'm saying his last name wrong i'm sorry who covers the team and pac 12 football and basketball and he caught a, a genuinely negative interaction between coach rupp and jared lucas and it's it's things you don't want to see but i mean maybe this is too much of a reach for positivity but if it, it <laughs> Like I know that it seemed at times like rock bottom had been hit already, but this this felt worse. And there, if it, I don't know. I'm sorry. Your reach for positivity is that this felt worse. <laughs> the, well, and the, may, maybe it has to you. You have to get to your darkest hour before things are going to turn around. And you know without speculating i don't think anybody's going to be surprised if there's there's shakeups to this this group this off season yeah but- i'm curious to see what the team looks like next year i really hope dashon i just mentioned that was probably one of my favorite parts of the game is that um <laughs> there was a student in the uh, student section who just like the uh, dashon got subbed in and the announcer said Deshaun instead of Deshaun, and she yelled, it's Deshaun! And there's just not that many people there, so you could just clearly hear it. And it really cracked me up. Uh, see, we're so, all doing our part. Shout-outs to her. We're presenting, you know, get his name right. He just put up 31-7 and seven against USC. Deshaun, yeah. So I hope, I, I hope Deshaun stays. I think there are going to be a lot of teams that make – Overtures to him because he's leading the Pac-12 in assists. He's right in, like, I think he's third or fourth in steals. Like, he's a good player, and I can see a lot of big schools coming in and trying to swoop up Oregon State diamonds in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's just part of college sports and specifically college basketball at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's just the business, but that's that's something to keep an eye on because he's definitely a pillar. I think you're seeing the way he's playing now and kind of coming into it. I think if he plays like this all year or, you know, as we're kind of moving on into next year's focus, I guess, like if he plays like this at the start of next year and carries it on, like that's a pillar. That's a that's a team that someone you can build a team around if he's yeah. there. The, the Pac-12 clearly has a ton of really, really good guards and he's as good as any of them. It's been one of the validating things we we were aware of this a long time ago. I mean, we told him that no, actually, you do dunk the shit out of the ball. I know he was trying to be modest, but that it, I mean, I, I'm sure he didn't think back to our podcast in that moment. But it was funny to hear him say at a time, "I don't dunk on people like that." Really, although it would be yeah, because we did tell Deshaun like you do dunk on people, you're gonna dunk on somebody. So it would be funny if maybe that's what he was saying to the USC player. Like he's just holding them and he's kind of in shock and he's like, Sam and Andy were right. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't sound like that at all, but I can't I'm not gonna do an impression. No, 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 right. Yeah, I mean you can picture it yourself. But I mean if you and if you're Tommy Nunez, the referee, I would believe did that game. You don't tee him up for that. I mean, you know, you go over to Andy Enfield, you say he screamed Sam and Andy were correct. And they were. Let's move on. You know, I know that and he didn't get teed up anyways, but he did not. Exactly. And there's no reason to. We were correct. Andy <laughs> Enfield knows it. That poor guy on USC knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, Another thing that I I really liked, it's you can see it on TV, but it really stands out when you're in person just close to the court is that uh, 
you know, Mick Cronin, the UCLA coach, uh, they're all wearing suits. First off, <laughs> they're like the only people I've seen this year wearing suits, except for, was there another team? I can't remember. Mark Fox does it. There's like yeah. a couple, but it's very, very rare at this point. They're all wearing suits and he's gone out of his way. I feel like to hire men who are bald or uh, about to be bald in the very near future. <laughs> Right, yeah, that seems to be – some are real tall and young and athletic. Others are real old guys, but that is the common thread with everybody on his staff. They kind of look like car salesmen. <laughs> Especially Mick Cronin, yeah. Like he's got – he keeps a little pint under his desk and he nips <laughs> of. Is it little because he looks so, – he looks so tiny compared to Wayne, just seeing them both standing on the sidelines next to each other. Yeah, I – uh I can't remember where I put Mick Cronin in my power rankings of Pat 12 coaches to have beers with, but it probably was too high. <laughs> it was really funny uh, being up close to see the way uh, Tinkle interacted with the players coming off the court as opposed to the way uh, Cronin did. Because at this point, you know, Tinkle's like, these kids are beaten down. This has been a tough season. You know, they're they're taking the brunt of it. And so he's building guys up. He's saying, good job. When they're about to go in, he's got two and like, He's almost hugging them. You know, he's got his arm over him. He's explaining stuff, patting him on the back. It's kind of like a – it's teacherly vibes, mentor vibes, you know, fatherly vibes. Mick Cronin is a polar opposite where he's just cussing out players <laughs> as soon as they come off the court, as soon as they go on the court. I don't think I saw him slap a good job or anything to a single player as they left, and it was just – it's so funny. He, he is at least outwardly a very joyless man, and I caught – a stretch in the second half where the, the game was out of hand, but it was still early enough that he's got to keep his regular guys in. And he subbed out uh, Peyton Watson for single James Singleton, like every dead ball because they both kept pissing him off like four <laughs> times in a row. Cause they were making mistakes that he deemed unacceptable and was trying to keep him focused. And it just, you know, cracks me up that even up 40 with one of the best teams in the country, he managed to be completely miserable for most of that game. Peyton, and we should say that UCLA was coming off a loss versus Oregon, so they're fired up. And they didn't have Johnny Juzang, their best player. So everyone's, everyone's you know, trying their best. They're trying to pick up slack. They're trying to make a statement win, which is a perfect storm going against an Oregon State team that's probably already riding kind of low emotionally after, like we said, a really tough loss to USC and double OT. So kind of a perfect storm right there. I do love this UCLA team. They're fun to watch. I love uh, Jules Bernard. I thought he played a great game. I know Tiger Campbell, I think, was the leading scorer. But Jules Bernard, so smooth. Just I think he's going to be the best NBA player off this UCLA team. That's going to be my claim. They're incredible. I mean, they're, it, it's between like five or you could argue like five or six dudes will have the best NBA career on that UCLA team to me. Like even – you know, everyone's talking about the difference in bench energy between the Beavers. What cracks me up is like some of those dudes on UCLA's bench that are dancing and clapping around are like Jalen Clark, who's going to be a first round pick in a year or two. Yeah, maybe Jalen. <laughs> I love your eye for talent. That's not who I would have gone for at all. <laughs> He's bouncy. I love Jalen Clark. Um, I will say just to nitpick the UCLA roster a little bit, Peyton Watson if you didn't tell me before the season that he was like, you know, this really highly rated recruit, a uh, promising one and done, someone who's supposed to go be a lottery pick before the season started, he is not really noticeable, you know, when he plays. He, he, I don't understand what the hype was. Maybe he looked a lot different in high school. I'm sure he did because he's a, a very, very good athlete. I mean, I don't want to downplay that, but 
I just don't understand what translates to the NBA. He's almost like a small ball center. A little bit, yeah. He 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 may be a, a guy that is a better fit somewhere else. And Cronin is clearly frustrated with him at times yeah. too. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if he just goes straight to the NBA or if he transfers to another school. Maybe he could team up with Deshaun. Oh, yes. Hey, we could give it a try. Hey, uh-huh. maybe we, we could certainly find a fit for him. But yeah, I wanted I want to shout out a Pac-12 enjoyer on Twitter. He's a big UCLA fan. And the amount he kind of the way Cronin like just couldn't I followed his tweets throughout that game and the way Cronin just like found almost no apparent positivity. He spent the entire game complaining about Cody Riley and how he shouldn't be playing, even though, and I kind of get his point, but Cody Riley was also balling out in the second yeah, half. See, see, as someone who went to the game, Cody Riley was one of the most impressive players up front because he's so big and his shot, he has worked really hard in his four years in college because his shot is really good now. He's a legitimate like 17, 18 foot jump shot shooter. It looks smooth. It's a good release. Like it's, he's improved a lot in that area. What he was mad at Cody Riley. I thought he was playing. All right. He likes a uh, miles Johnson more. The other seven footer they years. And, oh, he, you know, I, I'll let you check it out. He's got plenty to back it up. Statistically. It's, it's, it's hard. To, it would be a hard argument to have with him. Miles Johnson is definitely better at defense. Cody Riley gives you more at offense. I like uh, Nuaba, the giant third-string center they had who played for the last, like, two and a half minutes of the game. It's like, oh, my God, dude. That guy would be – it's just – it's crazy the difference in, a, in UCLA and Oregon State, you know, programs, rosters, or whatever. But, like, the fact that that guy is a third-string center on their team who gets in at the very end of blowouts, it's like, dude, you would – you could be a fan favorite starting center for four years at Oregon State. Yeah, they could have gotten him in a little earlier in that one. I like I don't I didn't understand as soon as I saw him, I was like, why weren't they taking the chance to play him like twenty minutes today? He's like a throwback to like Alfred Aboya and stuff like that, where they just have these like giant built centers. <laughs> you know? He's even bigger than Aboya, but yeah. yeah, shout out to Alfred Aboya, the ultimate dirty work guy. Yeah, Ben Helen had a knack for just finding these like Adonises and convincing them that they didn't deserve to shoot and that they should only rebound and set screens. Yeah, Ben Howland's Ben Howland guys are a sad brand of basketball player. Like you never shoot, you 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 play your ass off to to make someone else thrive who's going to go to the NBA and be a first round pick, but it won't be you. <laughs> you had a hell of a run. I always love Ben Helen. Um, okay, we should <clears throat> we should move on if we're just talking about Ben Helen at this point. Um, anything else you want to say? It, well, I mean, it's just hard to, to focus too much on that game directly. It's it's it was painful, and I I I don't know. I don't want to fixate on it. It was really really bad. I just hope that it's a catalyst for everybody involved with this group, healthy or not, to kind of look in the mirror. Except that it's not the situation's not going to change, but they can do a hell of a lot better than that. I would love more than anything to see them win some games before this is over again. And go so down go down swinging, you know, take these next t- today, I suppose, because that's the other thing is that they're back on the court tomorrow. It's a quick turnaround. It's a very quick turnaround for three games, a back to back. Not a back-to-back, but they play Washington, You know, I guess back-to-back. Washington at home, it's a makeup game. Or Washington State at home, it's a makeup game at 8 o'clock. So another late game. 
Then they travel to Washington for their last two games, playing Washington State on Thursday, Washington, and then end the season in Seattle at Washington on Saturday. What are your predictions for the game, Sam? The, the, I'm predicting a victory. We're I'll, we'll, I'll, you know, we'll just let's just focus on tomorrow right now. Like it would okay. going to be the last home game of the season. I'm going to be down there. I am very curious as to how this is all going to go. It's a tremendous opportunity to kind of wipe away a very unpleasant recent memory. Um, Washington State's really good, but they're a frustrating team. They should be better. I don't understand why they aren't a little bit better, frankly. And by really good, we should acknowledge that they're one and six in their last seven games. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I don't know why. Like, they've lost a ton of close games. They're, uh, I, I really don't get why they're not like a clear tournament team. I, I began to understand their preseason hype, but they have not lived up to it. No, they haven't lived up to it. I think a big thing for me is Abaji is just not, he hasn't taken the step that I thought he was going to make. I, in my mind at the start of the season, I was like, this league belongs to Alatiche and Abaji. It's the two ways. And that has not panned out at all. He's kind of he's kind of been like Worth, although I don't think it's as much injury related. It's just maybe they have more of a stack front court that's kind of crowding the lane for him. Um, but he he's taking a step back this year. Yeah, I love Agbagidi, but that dude. Yeah, I, always, I always mess his name up. It's it, no one's no one's holding us to that high of a standard anymore. <laughs> um, Agbagidi has been a little bit of a disappointment. They lost to Sean Jackson, who's a huge. 6'11", almost seven foot guy who's skilled for a while, but they and Muhammad Gay is is a pretty legit freshman. He's like 6'11", too, but they they're all kind of like the same player. They can't really use them together that well. Yeah, I will say like no, Michael Flowers has done a good job of coming in and doing his best. Um, Roberts too. Those are both good guards. Yeah, they're good. Like their their guards come in, they get a lot of shots up. There was a lot of shots to go around after. Um, is it Park Rose? What what school did he go to? Who I oh yes, Park Bonton. Rose legend Isaac Bonton. Yeah, Park Rose legend. I, 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 we always mess up his school. Park Rose legend Isaac Bonton. He took like ninety percent of their shots last year. So I think the guards have done a good job of kind of stepping up and distributing it. Although I thought it would kind of go to Noah Williams more, but it looks like Flowers is kind of their guy. A person I'm going to key in on who's just kind of a role player for them, but seems to always do really well against the Beavers is DJ Rodman. He's one of Dennis Rodman's kids. Um, I don't know if you remember him from last year, but he hit a game-winning three against Oregon State. He had, I think, two of his career highs against Oregon State last year. So look for him to take threes that look terrible. Like his, his jump shot looks terrible, but it will go in against Oregon State. Yeah, it's unfortunately they take a ton of threes. Like they threes are – have to be a higher percentage of their total shots than almost any team in the conference anyway. So it's going to be hard to zone them a ton. So we'll see. I do think that Deshaun will have success guarding either one of those Roberts or flowers. He's got more length in them. He's a little more athletic and bigger. Oh, I think he's going to have success guarding them. And I think he's going to do well with Noah Williams because Noah Williams is the type of guard who really likes to press up on players and try and go for steals and kind of go body to body. And that's the type of guard and defense that Deshaun really thrives against because he gets so low and he's got such a tight handle. He'll, he'll cross him up. I'm looking forward to a couple of nice highlights on Noah Williams as he refuses to 
step off a couple of feet and make Deshaun prove it with a jumper. Noah Williams is more prone to like easily avoidable, dumb offensive fouls than anybody that someone's going to take a charge on him that when he gets frustrated, they tend to go into droughts. They're drought prone Washington state. And so rebounding will be big because they do have a lot of huge athletic dudes. Yeah, that's going to be the one thing that's going to be – that's the biggest hurdle, as it is with almost any game at this point in the season. It's just the amount of bigs that the other teams have. Because <laughs> Oregon also, State is down to like two and a half. <laughs> you also can't get 22 free throws and miss 10. Yeah, exactly. I know it's, there's not a lot to say about it, but it's, it's true. Right. So we're predicting uh, a sweep of Washington State. I think it's pretty obvious that Deshaun just handles the team. Uh, Lucas is on his back. You're seeing a good – Preview of next year, the one-two punch that's going to run the Pac-12 and really turn some heads. And then what's the prediction for the last game of the season versus an upstart Washington team? I, it's going to go the similar to the first meeting between the two, but of course a different finish. It'll be the Beavers that take control down the stretch. War Eath is, is going to poach from that high post. I watched Washington play Washington State. In the first, I didn't see their second game, but they played each other twice, like right back to back because of a COVID reschedule. And they were just letting Muhammad Gay like turn and shoot wide open 12 footers in the middle of their zone the whole game. And it was almost like, well, fuck it. Yeah, he's making a lot of them, but they're not scoring in any other way, are they? It was bizarre. And I do think that those shots are going to be there for Warith. He's going to inexplicably that hitch is going to be timed up just perfect and he's going to make a bunch of his free throws that shot's going to be there for silva as well it's going to be a fun game i'm excited i'm going to be up there unfortunately it sounds like you won't be able to join me but we'll be together in vegas yeah we'll finish the season strong and so will the team i'm also predicting uh that OSU beats Washington. I think that Kalu, to me, is going to be the key to kind of breaking that middle point. And, you know, his own defense, that that plays a little bit into Beaver's hands because we're happy to shoot threes. And Kalu's been shooting it well. If Lucas's hot hand carries over. You know, that's tough two guys to play zone against. Uh, Deshaun be good at breaking it down. Washington is sputtering. They had a kind of a good start to the season, but they've had a last – tough run they did blow out arizona state not too long ago a couple of weeks ago but other than that hasn't been too strong i think this is a winnable game they also got blown out by ucla not as bad as oregon state but still it was pretty bad though 76 to 50 yeah but it, they were down by more than that much the way like we were down by more than the 39 we lost by points Another thing that we have been, that Oregon State has benefiting them playing Washington is that it's also Washington's third game in the week because they have to play UCLA tomorrow. There's another COVID makeup game. So they have to take on UCLA, Oregon, and then Oregon State. So that's two tough games in a week for them. So maybe they're tired, not swinging well. They're going to, yeah, somebody's going to dunk on Riley Sorn and it's going to. It's going to feel like a weight coming off our shoulders just for a, a quick. It's going to provide a. Beautiful moment of clarity. Yeah, Deshaun's going to dunk on Riley Sorn, the seven foot four walk on for Washington, and then he's going to hold him down on the ground again. Right. No, no tease needed. He's going to scream, Sam and Andy, we're right again. I'm excited. To, I've never seen a game inside Washington's arena, so it should be fun. I know. I wish I could go. That's going to be sick. Um, all right. Any shout outs on our way out? 
Uh, no, we covered them. Uh, shout outs to everybody sticking with us. Uh, you know, this has not been easy. And so it is appreciated people giving us kind words of encouragement and, and uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep roll. You know, Peyton had pride, everybody. I don't know. I'm sorry. Peyton had pride, everybody. And uh, I want to give a shout out to the security guards at Gill who <laughs> didn't let me back to my seat for like two or three minutes because they really questioned my press credential. <laughs> and they made kind of a big deal about it. And they ended up uh, bringing down their boss who told me that she called OSU. That's what she said verbatim. She said, I called OSU and they gave you the clear. <laughs> and so I do. I did appreciate them. They were polite, they were respectful that I'm not hating on them for doing their job, but I appreciate them taking it serious, even when the stadium has like a thousand people in it and there's like nobody in the section. So I, shout I, out to them. That's the type of work ethic that I like to see. It's a, That's the grassroots work ethic I like to see. Yeah, and I mean, I can imagine that the, the crowd tomorrow night is probably being that it's a late Monday game going to be even lighter than it was Saturday afternoon. And so hopefully that I, I don't run into the same issues. I'm going to have to talk to Scheffler. But yes, I certainly mixed feelings about things like that happening. But you do appreciate the ushers treating every day the same. Yeah, every day is the same. That's right. Doesn't matter what's happening on the court. That we Silva scored. We all cheered. It didn't matter what the score was. They eventually let me back. It was fine. And I want to give a shout to them because we're all we're all in this together. Like you said. Also, shout out to the two young ladies that apparently have been at every game and caused them grief because they kind of. Apparently, yeah, yeah, they were trying to sneak into the private section. And I do want to shout out that girl who, who yelled, it's Deshaun, not yes. Deshaun. What, what I'll say is that if they've that been to every game, maybe we can speculate they're dating members of the team. But even so, let them go wherever they want. They've been to every game this year. It's yeah, okay to celebrate those that are wearing this closest to the chest. Exactly. It's okay. And you know what else is Okay saying fuck the ducks fuck the ducks it's better than okay it's better than okay all right stay safe out there baiting heads Cause I'm free Nothing's worrying me